listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hello, I'm Ricardo Gonsalves and welcome to SBS On The Money for this Tuesday, the 17th of November. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap. Later, the New South Wales state budget and a proposed overhaul of stamp duty. But first to the Australian share market and the S&P ASX 200 rising 0.2% to 6,498. It follows yesterday's technical glitch, which forced the market operator to shut down trade after only 20 minutes. Things return back to normal today, though. Energy stocks were the best performers, Woodside and Santos up by 3.4%. Property stocks also rose, the likes of Centre Group up by 4.3%, and the banks gained across the board. The reason? Well, sentiment has lifted because of more positive news about another vaccine for coronavirus. It pushed the Dow Jones Industrial Average overnight to a record high, up 1.6% in the US. However, our 0.2% gain means that we underperformed. Why? Well, for that and more, I spoke earlier with IG Markets' Kyle Rodder. Kyle, the Dow closed at a record overnight, but here we were relatively unmoved. Well, there's probably a couple of reasons. I mean, first and foremost, we did touch a nine-month high in intraday trade around 6,500. And technically speaking, it's a pretty significant level. Often you see traders sort of taking profit at those particular um, markets. So there was an element of that. I think what was really interesting today, though, was the dynamics in the bond market, actually. We saw yields spike quite considerably because of some of the excitement around the vaccine and, and the improved outlook to global economic growth. Now, stocks really take their cues from the bond market. Um, and what we saw today is areas of, this, of the market that benefit from uh, better economic outlook and higher rates, like the financials, for example, were up. But those areas of the market that are a bit more interest rate sensitive, like the growth stocks in the IT sector and the healthcare sector, were down, so were utilities. So when you sort of had one pulling upwards and one pulling downwards, you had a bit of a neutral day in the end, despite the fact that market sentiment is still very, very strong. Are we seeing an obvious shift in those stocks? I guess, that weren't doing very well when the pandemic was at its peak. Now that we are seeing these, uh, this good news on a possible vaccine and some light at the end of the tunnel? Exactly. And that's, that's the core thing that's happening in financial markets at the moment, is that as market participants are pricing in a different outlook for the global economy and domestic economies too, so you know, traders are pricing in a slightly better outlook for the Australian economy, we're seeing basically those stocks that were beaten up at the start of the pandemic, what we call those value stocks, again, like the banks, the, the, the energy stocks, the material space, which are very, very heavily weighted in the ASX 200, are pushing ahead at the expense of tech names, biotech, so healthcare, generally speaking, and, and other those interest rate sensitive sectors as well. So at the moment, what we're seeing is seemingly a bit of a rotation within the market from what were the losers to becoming the, the winners now and, and who were the winners now becoming the losers. And that rotation, is it likely to push the market higher or will it all balance out in the end? It's going to be really, really interesting. And this is why I talk about stocks taking a cue from the bond market, because it really is actually very dependent on what happens with long-term interest rates. So yields, what central banks are do with yields um, and how high those, those yields happen to go um, on the basis of the optimism we're seeing about the global economic outlook. So at the moment, it really is a big question whether, you know, we've seen these experiences, we've had these experiences in the past where it looks like this rotation is going to occur um, and all of a sudden, you know, those big cyclical names are going to start to outperform the growth names. It never materialises. But at the moment, it seems to be fairly um, uh, optimistic for some of those value stocks, some, some of those global uh, growth sensitive stocks that they're going to start taking uh, the reins. Um, and that, you know, again, like I said before, those, um, those growth stocks will, will, will um, you know, lag, lag the pack a little bit.
Yesterday we saw that glitch, the technical glitch on the ASX. Is that a concern and are there really any lingering effects? I think most traders will give the ASX the benefit of the doubt because it's happened once in four years, the last time was 2016, that it did occur. There was a lot of frustration amongst particularly short-term traders in the market who had open positions on a day that the market was rallying and all of a sudden they're worried that with the market out of whack, they can't they can't sell out of their position. That potentially they, they're taking on a lot of risk if overnight something were to occur and and, and sentiment were to to return quite aggressively. So there was a lot of frustration there. I think it's happened once. Um, so market participants are willing to give the, the ASX the benefit of the doubt. Uh, if it were to happen again, then I think it would really raise some concerns and really shake the confidence of, of folks that really need to get in and out of the, the market um, without too much fuss. And we heard a lot of commentary from the RBA over the past couple of days. What's your key take on it? I think what was really interesting for most people in the market was um, how much of an emphasis the RBA is putting on what other central banks do around the globe um, when it comes to their policy settings. So effectively, the QE program that they launched uh, this month was done on the basis that they were trying to keep pace with the balance sheet expansion of other central banks at the risk of the Australian dollar becoming, you know, um, too out of control, you know, rallying uh, too aggressively. Um, when probed last night, Governor Lowe did sort of suggest that, you know, potentially even something like negative interest rates would be something that the RBA would embark on. He said it was extraordinarily unlikely, but something that they would embark on, you know, if other central bankers around the world uh, did the same thing and cut to, to negative negative territory. So it would seem that, you know, just as much as domestic economic fundamentals, that kind of race to the bottom that occurs in crises amongst other central banks is really driving the RBA's thinking at the moment. And it was pretty explicitly stated last night in Governor Lowe's speech. And I think that came to as a bit of a surprise to some people. Kyle Rodder there from IG Market is a market analyst. Let's take a look at the New South Wales state budget, a deficit of $16 billion expected in 2020 to 21, easing to $2 billion by 22-23, $30 billion of infrastructure projects and a plan to help businesses hit by COVID-19. One way that'll, that'll be done is by giving New South Wales adults four $25 vouchers to be spent. So that's four $25 vouchers to be spent. And they'll be made available on the Service New South Wales app on your smartphone. So there'll be two vouchers for food worth $25 each for cafes, restaurants and clubs. And another two vouchers, both of those worth another $25 each for cultural activities. So things like cinemas and, and parks. Another thing that they're considering is an overhaul to stamp duty, which is the upfront cost of buying a house. And on average in New South Wales, that's around $34,000 and is often seen as an impediment for buyers to get into the property market or often just changing properties. One option they're considering is moving from stamp duty to a property tax. So instead of a large upfront cost, buyers would pay an annual tax based on the value of their land. Now, Tim McKibben, the CEO of the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales, wants to see greater tax reform and across more industries. For the three months ended 30, 30 um, September, the property industry in stamp duty has contributed to the tax uh, base of government by $1.8 billion. And that's 235 million more than last year in the same period. So there's an enormous amount of money uh, generated from, from the property industry. Yet, if we look at other asset classes, so for example, shares, people who buy and hold shares don't pay any tax at all. 
the problem with um, with what's been what we currently have and what's being proposed, the rates of tax that we currently have now are 32 years out of date. The median house price in in Sydney was less than $100,000. So those same rates and those same tiers still apply today, even though the, the median house price in Sydney now is knocking on the door of a million dollars. So they are grossly out of date. And that's, um, that's part of the problem. Now, moving to, um, to a broad base um, land tax, which is the argument that's been put forward, on the face of it, looks like a good idea because we're going into, um, into a broad base tax. However, it's not that broad when you consider it only captures property. Um, and, and it is disappointing that the property that we would be capturing, at least part of it, is going to be um, the roof we put over our head. Um, I, I think there needs to be more done in relation to making it more affordable, making it easier for people to, to acquire their own home rather than putting another burden on, um, on people trying to do just that. Um, the, the other thing that I think is relevant in all of this is that year on year, people are going to be expected to, to be able to fund the land tax. Now, uh, I'm sure councils would tell you that they have difficulty being able to um, collect uh, council rates and uh, water rates, uh, strata fees and all of these sorts of things which are collected annually. They have a lot of difficulty doing that uh, because people... Uh, have difficulty in being able to service those those um, those payments. Tim McKibben there from the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales, and that is SBS on the Money for this Tuesday, the seventeenth of November, twenty twenty. I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Business Ricardo. This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.